couple of months ago, we asked the church to pray with us for a young lady that was battling with cancer. Today, we get to celebrate the fact that she has been healed and sitting in church with us. Welcome, Shanae. You are a walking miracle. You are what we sing about, what we preach about, just the love of God and how he works in us and through us. So welcome to church. We are glad that you have joined us here today. And one day we're going to have you come and share your testimony with us. I'm looking forward to that. So guys, thank you for your prayers. If you ever doubted that prayer works, come on, just have a look around you. You don't even have to look at Shanae. Look around you. Just just look at all these beautiful faces. You might not. Some of them look like ninjas, but they're still beautiful. Guys, welcome to church. We are in a series called, for those who have just joined us, we're in a series called Just One Moment. And I'm hoping that today will be the last installment because every time we, we, um, (laughs) we sit down, my wife chats to me and is like, dude, just one more. Just one more. Come on, man. Imagine what God can do through this message. I'm like, I know, just, but we can't can't stretch it. But just, and then she goes, just one more moment. Just one more moment. So we're going to be looking at a a really interesting character in the book of Judges today. And uh, we're going to see how it applies to our lives. How many of you guys have been enjoying load shedding? It's actually people that have been enjoying load shedding. Um, clearly don't have three kids that are always hungry (laughs) and that don't know how to entertain themselves besides playing on a PlayStation (laughs) and who only know one word, mommy, mommy. So, um, load shedding has been awesome. It's actually helped me with my preach. It's like convicted me in certain ways. So can we get started? Turn with me to the book of Judges chapter six, and we're going to be reading from verse 11. This is what it says. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Bezerite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. Such a distinguished gentleman. Pardon me, my Lord. And then it all changes. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? How many of you guys have ever prayed those prayers? But why, Jesus? Hey, come on. Why is this happening to me? Why haven't I lost weight? Huh? Why is things going wrong at work? Why won't my kids listen? Why are things still not working out? Why? We all have those prayers. Can I, can I tell you something? God is not looking for anybody that has it all together. He wants us to be real with him. As a parent, I know when my kids are on doing well. And especially my oldest, he wants to make everybody kind of feel okay. So when he's going through something, he will go, oh, no, it's okay. And how many of you guys know that pains a person as a parent 
when your, when your kid is battling through something and they go, no, it's okay. And all we want as parents is come to us, tell us what's going on. And that is what God wants us. He doesn't want you to go, oh, you know, it's okay, Lord. He doesn't mind. He created the universe. Imagine what just a little bit of rant from you does to him. Come and be real. Why has this all happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? I've always wanted to say it in that voice. But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Once again, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. And then it changes. But how can I say in Israel, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. I always look at that and I go, that's my kind of movie. Everyone must die. My, my boy came home one day and he's like, oh, this guy is bullying me. I'm like, it's okay. None of them will live. And he's like, no, Dad. I'm like, no, then it's okay. We'll send your mom. But I want you to, as we, as we talk about just one moment, your Gideon is having a moment with someone he doesn't know. And when he actually gets to realize who it is, that moment actually shapes his future. And that is what moments are all about. It's propelling us into something that God intended for us. So today, as we talk about just one moment, I want you to turn to someone next to you and tell them my title. And this is it. You ready? Who me? Who me? I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be like, you gotta be gangsters. Like, who me? I don't know how to, V Acker. That would have been a cooler one, eh? Come on. I mean, like, that would have hit home here in Cape Town. V Acker. I could have never said that back in Zakunda. I would have been judged six love. Hey? No, my gosh. Let us pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we ask that you do what only you can do. As we open your word, we pray that you would just speak life into us. We pray that you will restore hope within us. Build us up through your word. Strengthen us, we pray. Amen. How many of you guys have ever experienced that woo-me moment? Like uh, um, someone waves at you and you turn around to first make sure that there's no one behind you. Uh, it's, it's happened so many times to me. I mean, like even with, when I first met Ali, you know, I, I, we, when Alison and myself met, we were working in church. She was working in church and I was stalking her. That's how Jesus called me into ministry. And so she knew a friend of mine that I worked with. So whenever I saw her outside of church, you know, it's like it was a different ball game. But then she waved at me once and I went. Oh. 
You know, because you have to make sure you don't want to be that guy. Have you ever been that guy? It's like someone waves at you and you go, and then someone else walks by. It's like, hey, how's it going? You're that guy. It's awful. I hate those things. Um, but it happens in, in, in every area. But I experienced this one woomy moment when I was in school. Um, it doesn't look like it, but I played rugby in school. I, I really love sports. And um, back in the day, playing for the first team was like the ultimate goal. Hey, it doesn't matter when, whenever you played rugby, so you would, the first team would be the main event. Everybody, no matter how far you traveled, you would wait until the first team's game was finished. And the first team, they were always the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, not the brightest, but depending on how they dressed, they were colorful. And, um, you know, everybody that played any kind of sports wanted to be in that team. And I remember I was in grade 11, standard 9, and um, I, I really wanted to play for the, um, for the first team because we went to big school, but everybody that played on the first team, they earned their place. They were good. Even the guys on the bench, they were too good to play for the second team, so they benched for the first team. So we were playing an away game. And so our game was the game before the first team, and just as we ran off after our game, the coach from the first team walks up to me and he goes, Milo, kit up, you benching. I'm like, who me? <laughs> He's like, yeah, one of our guys didn't pitch. I'm like, okay. And the school we were playing with was a school that we always contended against. It was, you know, you always have that one school that you play your hardest. You, you know, you put stuff in your socks like... No, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. But it was, it was that school you, you, you played hard against. So the coach walks up to me, Milo, kit up, you benching. I'm like, okay, cool. And the privilege of being a newcomer to the team is that even though you're benching for the first team, you're also the most important person on the team. You are the water boy. And so we, we're like about like 10 minutes into the first half and the other team has just scored. And the coach goes, Milo, water. Yes. And I run and I check all my mates sitting on the side and I go, I'm on people running with my water bottle. And everybody's like cheering me on. And I get to the huddle and the coach says, you're on. I'm like, what? Who me? Are you mad? I'm just here to be on the bench. I want to scroll at the end of the year. I haven't practiced. I'm not ready. He's like, and I looked down, and the guy that was playing in the position that I was going to bench, number two, and we're allowed to say hooker in, in church. Okay, yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm not allowed to say certain words, and then I go home, and my wife's like, you can't say that stuff. Hooker, hooker. Uh, it's, it's, that's the position, woman. So, but in any case, so number two. And he's laying there, and he had just hurt, twisted his ankle. So they carry him off, and I run off with the water bottles, and everybody looks at me and is like, why are you so quiet? And I go, because I'm running back on. And so I had to play my first game not ready. Because, you know, in rugby, it's not that you just go in and do stuff. In that position, there are specific calls, there are specific things that you need to know. And one of my mates, he goes, it's okay will coach you on the way. Wow. This is, this is going to be epic. And a lot of the time we go, wait, who me? 
Who, me? And, and we do the same when we come to God encounters. Because like we learned last week, God encounters aren't just something that we experience for ourselves. It stops us from something and moves us into something else. God is always wanting to encounter us so that he can encounter other people. And he's going to use who? You. Who, me? You. And so we meet up with Gideon. I love the account of Gideon. It's one of those passages you read, and in the same time you can go, this is amazing, and then immediately go, are you mad? Oh, snap. Because if you read the Bible like I do, you're going to see that even though it's really amazing what God has done through them, it's actually a reflection of what God wants to do through you. It's not just a book that we read as good stories for our kids to fall asleep at night. It's accounts to show you what God can still do through you. And they are set up with an impossible task. And let me give you a little bit of a background to the story. Israel have moved out of Egypt and they moved finally into the promised land that God has given them. They're there a couple of generations, but like all of us, you know, we go and do our own thing. They forget about God, and God hands them over to the Midianites. If you read through verse 1 of chapter 6 onwards, it will explain this to you. And the Midianites come in with all their forces. They, they come in and they ravage the place. They tear it apart. And whenever there's crops, they come in. They stay there until everything is gone. They're like the school bully. They eat your lunch. Whoever had their lunch eaten at school? Whoever ate lunch from other people in school? Who still eats other people's lunch if they invite us? Yeah. Come on. We were just practicing in school. So they turn away from God. God sends the Midianites or hands them over to the Midianites. And the Midianites totally take over and, and turn them into thinking less of themselves. And this is what it says. I, I just want to explain it. So in Judges chapter five, Judges 6, verse 5 to 6, this is how they actually explain it. The Midianites, they came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. Their cam what is that word? Camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. And then verse 6, Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. At their lowest point, when everything was gone, that is when they cried out to God. Don't wait until it's too late. God is a God that wants to connect with us all the time. But it started with a prayer. And the prayer is what brings us to the encounter of Gideon. Because when they cried out, God responded. And I want to encourage you guys today that God hears our cries. You think you are praying and nothing happens, but he hears every prayer that we pray. He hears everything we say. That is how much he loves us. He wants to be a part of everything that we do. So God hears your prayers. And we meet up with Gideon. And what we can take from this account of 
This moment with God, this encounter that Gideon has is that it starts with prayer, but our response is participation. Everything starts with prayer, but to continue, we need to participate in something. To see something happen about the outcry, God needed someone to do something about it. What are you praying for? What are you asking God for? Are you ready to step out to do something that he's asking you to do? I love, you know, some of the songs we sing. And, you know, sometimes you chat to people and they go, you know, you don't have to do anything. Just stand still and watch the Lord do everything. You know, the, the battle is the Lord's. Yes, it is, but he's still going to require you to do something. You can't just pray for something and not expect to do anything. Like I prayed, Lord, make me thin. How many of you guys know there's something I need to do? I need to change my lifestyle, the way I eat, the way I think, the way I speak, and what I do. I've got to participate in something that I'm asking God for, and in that, He will give me the strength to do it. He will help me change my mind. He will help me get, what, what do they call that? Build habits, good habits, so that I can go to gym. Hate gym. Jim's an awful guy. <laughs> but it all starts with a prayer, and it continues with participation. What are you praying for? You see, Gideon comes in and he goes, we need things to change. Lord, why is this happening? How many of you guys have ever asked? Um, so I've got, I've got a guy, whenever it's load shedding, we send each other messages. He's like, hey, dude, it's load shedding in a couple of minutes. <laughs> and we don't encourage each other by going, hey, let's go and do something. We go, this is so much strong. Can I say that? I can't say that. That is not nice. I don't like this. And, and we don't enjoy it. And we, we get upset with each other. Why is our country like this? Why do we have to do that? How many of you guys have those rants? But how many of you guys know we've got to do something about it as well? We, we, we might have to pray about it. Lord, show us in what direction we can move to bring change to our country. Maybe we need to change our country by changing the minds of the people that we chat to about these things. Maybe God is going to say, hey, instead of being so negative about everything, start speaking hope into people's lives when things aren't going, going well. So when load shedding comes, it's not just the power that we, we worry about that's going out, but we're more concerned about the spiritual power in people that have been dimmed as well, and we get to connect them back to a greater power, a greater part of influence. So what are you praying for? What are you praying for in your family, your kids? Lord, make my kid do more things. Maybe God is going, you know what? Your kid is going to be amazing, but maybe you need to spend more time with him. Maybe you need to stop doing what you do so much and take a break when they come home and work them 
into the position that you need them to go into. But this family member of mine, Lord Jesus, oh my gosh, they just don't get it. What is your response whenever they phone? Oh, you again. Maybe you should go, Flip, I was waiting for your call. I was actually getting ready to phone you. Because every prayer continues with participation. It requires something from you to see things change. And check this out. You might feel scared, but God sees your potential. God always sees your potential of what you can become, not of where you are. So when I played rugby, they didn't pick me for the team because they go, oh, that guy sucks. We need to put him in. They looked at it and they go, there's potential in that man. That is why he benches. And God sees potential further in that. It's like he's not going to keep that bench warm. He's going to get onto the field. What are you scared of at this moment? God sees your potential. He doesn't see your past decisions. God sees your potential. He doesn't see your current circumstances. God sees your potential of what you are going to be coming. We spoke, with it. We, we spoke about a series once. It's about becoming. Who are you becoming? What do you call your kid? How do you call your kid? Who's got nicknames for their kids? Whose kid is called Pampoon? No one. I call my kids superstars. Judah, he's my firstborn. I call him number one. He's like, hey, number one. And my wife told me I can't call Jaden number two because I looked at my daughter, Rebecca, and I'm like, I can't call her number three because she's actually the first girl. But I can't call her number one because that is why there's conflict between her and Judah. So she's my princess. I'm speaking what I want people to see in them. Giant slayers. What do you see in yourself? Because God sees potential. Check this out in Judges chapter 6 verse 12. It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, Hey, guy that is hiding there, okay, bung. No. God called him to his potential. He says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Before he even knew what he was going to do, God changed the label that he knew. What have you labeled yourself with? You know, I'm just, I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to get by. I'm just going to do what I need to do. But God sees something totally different. And it's an encounter with God that changes all of that. Have you ever gone through something and felt, hey, I am not ready for this? Marriage. <laughs> with kids. Ooh. Man, when that kid pooped for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this. I remind them of it every day. When I get old, 
shift. <laughs> Nothing can prepare you for kids. Not amount of books because they don't tell you how things smell. They don't tell you exactly how loud that pitch is. Um, we've, got, we've got friends that have babies. And the baby cries and I go, oh, that's such a beautiful sound. But how many of you guys know that mom at one o'clock in the morning doesn't think that that's a beautiful sound? That's because we've gone through it already. And newborn parents, or new, not newborn parents, parents of newborns, they are in it at this moment. And it's like what my friend says, we'll coach you on the way. You might not be ready for anything, but God is not asking you to be ready. He's asking you to show your potential. He's not looking for per perfection. He's looking for potential. When we planted this church, oh my gosh, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> don't tell anybody, we still don't. But it's not about planting. It's not about knowing. It's about are you willing to step out and put your faith in God? You pray for things, but are you ready to step out? Because you are the difference you are waiting to see. You are what God needs at this moment. You see, God will equip you on the way where the world sees lack, God sees a warrior. Where you see little, God sees potential. When he looks at you, he doesn't see a mom that has failed. He sees a provider, a caregiver, a protector, a comforter. He doesn't see someone. God doesn't call you, oh my gosh, guy without a job. He calls you provider. Because we need to understand that encounters don't only change the way we see God, it changes the way we see ourselves. That is what needs to happen. We need to see ourselves in a different light because we need to see what God sees. Mighty warrior, go in your strength. Because how many of you guys know the answer to who me is, yes, you. Can I do this? Yes, you can. Bob the Boulder, can we fix it? Bob the Boulder. Those are parents. <laughs> that is the song I had to sing this entire week. Uh, we moved to a new house, and you don't understand how much work you have to do on the old house until you move all your junk out. <laughs> And you have to find that electric screwdriver that you were bragging about. And Jesus goes, can you fix it? Yes, you can. <laughs> My gosh, that thing worked overtime. But yes, you can. But I'm too old. Yes, you can. Hey, I'm not equipped. It's okay. Yes, you can. I've never gone to school. It's okay. Yes, you can. But sir, I've never played on the first team before. It's okay. Yes, you can play. But I don't know what to do. My buddy will coach you. You've played in this position already. Yes, you can. You see, God will never ask you to do something out of what you've never done before. 
He calls you into what you have been doing already, and he gives it greater potential and purpose. I can't talk to anybody. Yes, you can. I can't preach, but hold on. Haven't you been telling your kids Bible stories? Yes, you can. I can't sing. That's okay. We've got other people to do that. No, no, I'm just joking. (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) You see, it's all about God using you. He wants to use you. Exodus 3, verse 9 to 10. The Israelites are stuck in Egypt. Everybody is crying out. God encounters a man by the name of Moses, and this is what it says in verse 9 to 10 in chapter 3 of Exodus. And now the cry of the Israelites have reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending who? I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But I can't speak. Yes, you. But I don't know how to do this. It's okay. Yes, you. These are all the questions that Moses threw out to God. And you know what God said? It's okay. It's you. Joshua 1 verse 5. I love how Joshua 1 1 starts. It says, Now my servant Moses is dead. How is that for encouragement? But God says, I was with Moses. And then he goes in verse 5 to Joshua. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Who had to lead the people over into the promised land? Joshua. Just the number two. But it's you. It's you. What do you want to do? What are you what are you what are you expecting to see change? It's you. Judges chapter six, verse sixteen. And the Lord answered, I will be with you. And who will do it? You will. What are you facing at this moment? What are you battling against? You will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. You see, this is what I want to close off with. Whenever it comes to encounters, there are always two things that we will always get. Number one, what can God do for me? It might sound selfish, but isn't that how we pray? And it's not a wrong thing. It's never wrong. It's like, God, will you heal me? God, can you encounter me? God, can you bless me? I need to have an encounter with God. God, show me who you are. And he will do that. But check this out. It's not just what he can do for you, but what he will do to you. And this is what we've learned. All encounters show you who God is, but all encounters show you what he needs you to do. 
is a story of blind Bartimaeus that screams out as Jesus is walking past him, Son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody tells him, hey, shush. And Jesus goes, call him here. And this is the thing that blows my mind. Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says, I want to see, Lord. And after Jesus gives him back his sight, as Jesus walks down the road, Bartimaeus follows and continues with Jesus. Because once you encounter Jesus, there is no way you can go back to a life where you can't tell people what Jesus has done for you. You will ask the question, who me? And the answer is always going to be, Yes, you. You might be in the lowest part of your life, but guess what? Jesus is still calling you. Jesus still thinks more of you than you think about yourself. And all that it takes, just one moment. Can we pray? Can we pray?